Welcome to Washoe Life, which is brought to you by the Communications Division here at Washoe County. Our goal here at Washoe Life is to bring you a snapshot of some of the interesting work being done by residents in our county. These people can be your neighbors, someone you work with, or someone you might see on TV, like today's guests. I'm your co-host, Nancy Lewin-Hagen, the Communications Director here at Washoe County. And I'm Bethany Drysdale. I'm the Media and Communications Manager And we know it's January, not October. That's generally when we talk about the spooky stuff. But January, we have a reason we're talking about this subject. Um, There's been a paranormal investigation going on in our own Washoe County Courthouse in downtown Reno. Um, And so that's going to be the topic of our discussion. Very, very interesting day. We have Ted Moore with us. He hosts and produces the show Paranormal Nevada that airs on KTVN Channel 2. Now, the episode we're going to talk to Ted about is going to air later this month, January 31st. And we also have with us one of our very own, Mark Delatory. Um, And he was our team member who reached out to Ted and Richard Sloan, Ted's co-host and uh, really got the ball rolling. They talked to, received permission from our court administrators to spend some time at the historic courthouse. And today, we are going to hear about that experience. And uh, I'm I'm bringing in Ted first. Ted, I I have, my first question is just, I've been bursting every time, ever since I, and we got to see a, a bit of a preview of the show. How did you get into this line of work? That is a great question. I mean, I, you know, for me, mainly it's uh, just about more, just the same amount for the history as it is for the paranormal. And like, I've always had a knack for history. I've always loved it. Um, so that's really what got me in there. And, you know, uh, just talking to dead people. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I roll. I love this podcast already. Go ahead. <laughs> we are on a roll. Um, before we get into like the specifics of this investigation, um, you use a lot of electronics on the um, in your investigation. There's lights and there's sounds. Can you tell us about some of the equipment that you use? Yes, uh, there's a lot of equipment. Um, sometimes I feel like the less the better uh, with a lot of stuff. I think the best tool that you have in ghost hunting is your eyes and your ears. Um, but as far as like the high tech stuff, we have an EMF reader, which is a, a electromagnetic field, uh, device. So said that spirits have like a static electricity. So when they touch that device, you'll get a reading on it. Um, you know, if you touch it with your hand, you're not necessarily going to get that, uh, REM pods like we used in the courthouse is another good one, um, to the high tech stuff, an IR infrared camera where you can see ghosts um, to full spectrum. The list goes on and on. Um, do you guys have any questions about interest with the uh, equipment that we use? Or? <laughs> it just it just was interesting to me because um, we got to see a preview of the show, and I noticed how you know halfway through you'd switch it out, and, and yes. then you'd bring in another piece of equipment. And I'm thinking, well, we have equipment that we work with. This is pretty cool. Well, like, uh, you know, a big part of it is like uh, you want to try to reach out to a spirit to see if their existence is there. So like a REM pod, uh, electronic device, if you can get a spirit to come up and touch it, give you a sign that they're there. And then you can move on to another device like an SB7 um, to a digital recorder to try to open up or establish verbal communication with that spirit. So, you know, just trying to back up one thing and back it up with another and another and another. So lights, sounds, Mark, you said that you actually felt a touch, so it's, it's, it's not all high-tech. <laughs> no, and, and uh, it's true what Ted said. Uh, 
if you don't have equipment like myself, I'm just the guy hanging out there, you rely on your your senses. And there was one area that uh, uh, Richard had the camera. He was probably about 15 feet behind me. You guys went ahead, and it was that part where we were looking at the, the ceiling. We thought there was blood there, and it turned out it wasn't. Right, in the but, jail. Yeah. Right. So I stopped to take a picture of it because we reference it. And as I was lifting up my uh, my camera and my uh, my hands were up, I felt something around my the back and the side of my stomach as if somebody was like moving, like saying, excuse me, I'm right behind you. At first, I thought it was Richard, uh, just coming through and i look back and uh no richard was still 15 feet away from me behind me and i thought oh my gosh i got touched so that was the first experience uh, another thing too that evening yeah and then like i'm not going to ruin it you guys still have to watch the show but that's right where we caught a blood curling scream too so it's like a little bit disconcerting like we caught it twice and you know we all heard it reacted to it we got it on our cameras and you got touched over there, so yeah, yeah, and uh, I didn't hear the scream though because uh, I was so concentrated. Interesting, on, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I, I just was touched right now, and and uh, so yeah, that was amazing. I knew we were in for a really big night because that was the first thing that happened to me uh, that evening. Well, Ted, uh, Ted and Mark, you you guys spent a lot of time in one particular courtroom. Where, um, which another thing I really find interesting about you, Ted, is the history that you love. I I feel the same way, and so you did a little research on one particular courtroom, and you guys were looking for something. Yes, there's a you know there's a lot of history. I mean, back from the 1800s, you had a uh, JT Ro- uh, JT Rover who was accused of killing his business partner, and there was an affidavit that was taken out by a third partner and. He was hung. He was the first person that was hung in Washoe County. And it turns out from the third partner, he's like, yeah, that was a fake affidavit. He was hung for something he didn't do. So you have like that one to where, yeah, you have like the 60s where there was a a divorce trial going on. And at the last day of trial, the the ex-jealous husband knew that he was kind of had and decided to bring a gun to court. So he opened up fire. He killed his ex-wife, shot her attorney and shot the judge. So wow. there's a there's a lot of crazy history and like the you know uh, when we got in this you guys gave us a packet of info to go through and just it doesn't stop there's like Reno has a tootin history for sure and a lot of that is in the courthouse. speaking with Ted Moore uh, from Paranormal Nevada and Mark Delatory from Washoe County Communications Division on a recent investigation of the historic Washoe County Courthouse. So you got some create you got creative in that space. Um, there's one scene, and again, not blowing it, we want people to tune in and watch. But one scene where um, a sheriff's deputy put his badge up can you talk us through that yes. what happened yes so we were investigating in the jail part of the uh the old washoe county jail and we were uh, lucky enough to have deputy olson with us and um you know being a deputy we wanted to put the badge up there he wanted to put it up there to see if it would be a good trigger object so he puts the badge up there and 
I'm walking over to it and it just falls over. So we set it back up. We waved at it. We jumped on the floor. We could not recreate it or get it to happen again. So can't totally call it paranormal, but yeah, you watch it and it's like, whoa. So do you see a lot of that where it's not necessarily just energy lighting up lights, but actual physical movements? Yes. Yes. It's very rare, but you will get it, you know, and like we always try to back it up, debunk it, try to recreate it. And on that one, we were unable to do it. And um, it just makes you think like a deputy in the jail, if I'm an inmate, you know, you might go up there and flick it and knock it over. Right. He was an interesting, interesting gentleman. I want to talk about, by the way, you guys just don't stumble on and do this. You did research, you went over, Mark went over with you and did like a pre-tour. Mark, you had an experience um, from the differences of the old jail from the first time you went to the second time. Exactly. Uh, So we went uh, over there about uh, two weeks before filming and um, I would say it was the first time I'd been through it and there was this heaviness. The, the, the air was heavy and and um, and so I um, he felt on my ch- I felt on my chest and everything and I just thought okay this is just maybe what an old jail feels like but no there there was something that you know that that sixth sense that you know was with us and then two weeks later when we did the filming um, it was a completely different feel. And this time it was nighttime. And I thought, uh, okay, I'm going to pick up more things. But but no, that Friday, two weeks prior, I felt more of a heavier presence. And and then this time it was, there was coldness, you, you know, when we went into certain areas, you, you know, you felt this uh, uh, cold area and then how different it was in a different area. So um, again, you know, I don't have equipment. I was relying on my five senses and... There it was. <laughs> Did you feel the same thing, Ted? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was um, it was pretty insane. I mean, I think I started getting a little more feelings up in the courtroom. Uh, the the jail was like scary, but like you said, there's like just the stigma of going into jail is not going to be pleasant, you know? So like we were down there, but I, I got a little more settled in with the jail. It was just more like up in the courtroom. I don't know, man. There was just a weird vibe. I can't articulate it, but... That was my personal thing. But, you know, I think like people are like radio stations. Sometimes you tap into the right station, sometimes you don't. And I think you got a big blunt of it, and we caught a lot of that on camera. I'm sure that happens with many of your investigations. Yeah, you know, it's just sometimes you connect, sometimes you don't. And uh, looking at the footage, they definitely had a connection for uh, Mark, so... Prison yeah. loves you, buddy. Prison loves yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I, my biggest fear was something would come home with me, and um, and so I'm I'm happy to say you know no nothing appeared at my home and I, I feel safe now. But but yeah that that is a concern you know I thought oh and and we did when we left we did say you know you guys stay here thank you for your time this is your place now we're gonna leave and we're separating now don't come with us so. Don't invite anybody into your home unless they're going to help pay for the rent. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Now, going a little um, off off of what you just said, Mark, I have heard that from other people. I've heard um, actually a, a bartender in Virginia City saying that he had somebody come home from the Washoe Club with him. Is that is that legit? Is that something that you've seen or experienced? Yes. yes. Um, for me, myself, I think everybody's different. Uh, myself, it's mainly been like dreams. Um, I'll have like a lot of just like weird dreams predicting the future. I know that sounds really, really awkward, but that's what you get, you know, and like sometimes these spirits will be trying to tell you something. Wow. Do you think they're helping or trying to help us 
understand what happened, understand history and, and our past? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of time I think there's, there's, you know, there's so many tales out there, especially, uh, I love it to death, but like Virginia city, um, how many Rosie, the ghost do you have up there? You know, and you have to start looking into this and seeing like, what's really going on. And, you know, Rosie was a prostitute that was supposedly killed in the silver queen. It's not necessarily so. There's no record of a Rosie that was a prostitute, but you know what? There actually is a record of a Rosie who was a maid up there. So like sometimes, you know, like maybe this person was murdered and you have everybody like, Rosie, were you killed in the bathtub? You know, it's like, what if that was you? You know, you might be like, no, I was killed in the hallway with my husband. (laughs) A little dignity, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, you just want the truth to come out, you know, and I think uh, you have to step back from sometimes what we know and, Try to reconnect and rediscover. Yeah, that's true. I tell true. you a different story. That Very, very true. You know, Ted, watching you work, two things come to mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> you must have a huge amount of patience, right? Because cause you, you have to just wait and let these moments go. And the other thing, I want you to talk about both of them. The paranormal aren't like trained animals. They are not Correct. going to appear when you yes. ask, right? Yes. You know, a, a big part of that is my partner, Richard. Um, he is the perfect guy to ghost hunt. And I think we like kind of counter each other out. And uh, sometimes we connect on different levels with the paranormal and it, it just, it works. It just works. Like sometimes he'll be, the ghosts will be liking him and sometimes they're coming over to me. So it works itself out. I, I think it's just like the company, your mindset that just works or it doesn't. Yeah. And I, and I want to say, in talking with Mark and learning more about you and Richard, you really approach this very differently. Um, as, I appreciate that. <laughs> a, a science-based, sci-fi, that kind of thing, right? right? Yes. Well, yeah. a, a lot of people in our field are full of crap. I'm sorry, but they are. I think 99% of the people in the paranormal are just, they're, they're full of it. It gets too over-exaggerated. It's too much about YouTube and clicks and the sexiness and Really being in the paranormal, it's not. A lot of times it's waiting six hours to get the simplest response of like, we tried this, we tried this, we tried this, and I cannot debunk this. I cannot explain it. Um, It's very drawn out over time. You know, it's just you don't walk right into a place and the demon shows itself and it gets all nice for TV. You know, it could be very long and boring sometimes. So along those lines, not boring, um, Toward the end of um, of the preview that we saw, you're in the stairwell. Yes. And a lot of activity there. Can you tell us about some of that? That was absolutely awesome. You know, I've been doing this for about 13 years, and that was probably one of the best interactions I've had with the spirit because it lasted so long. So um, it, we set up, uh, I think it was like four REM pods on the stairs, which, you know, ghosts will make them light up. There's nobody there. There's no power source to make them go off. And we had two flashlights at the bottom of it. So we invited the spirits to come interact with us and try to make one of the devices light up. And they started doing it. And the more we got into it, you know, we asked it to run downstairs and the REM pod at the, stop, the, the top would light up and it would just go in recession down the stairs. It was crazy. And it was clearly an intelligent spirit because we were asking to do stuff and it would do it. And even better off, you Mark was there. So it looked like it had a sense of humor and like, I love that. But, you know, just to have that kind of interaction with the spirit for 15, 20 minutes is pretty phenomenal. It was like so intelligent because it reminded me um, 
and I'm going to date myself, but uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when they were up in the mountain and they were communicating with uh, the aliens via music. And I felt we were in that same uh, realm, and and we were backing off, giving it space, asking it to come down to the to the last uh, step to light up the the device, and then we're asking questions, and and it's answering and answering right away. Yeah, uh, one you. of the questions was, "Are you are you a child?" And it was quiet. And then, "Are you a male?" Nothing. "Are you a female?" Nothing. And then I think somebody asked, are you non-human? Beep, 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 beep. The thing just went off. And it's like, okay, what are we talking about? Um, I think uh, one of the officers asked, are you a demon? And that's where I got scared, like, oh, no. And um, it didn't go off. And I remember Richard saying, not all ghosts are demons. So, and, and uh, so I felt better, you know. And I think it was trying to trust us as well as us trying to trust it and and uh, as we were communicating, but I did appreciate whatever it was communicating fast, not having to stand there for a long time. I mean, it just felt it was a dynamic moment. I think one of my favorite moments of of the whole evening. What I oh, go ahead. Well, no, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. And the thing, like, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, I'm not human. I'm a ghost. You know, I mean, like, it was just like, and it was right on cue. Everything. It was just. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And when you think about the historic courthouse in downtown Reno, you think about that staircase. Every time I go to that building, there's something about that staircase. I love it. I am a lover of old buildings. I am a hater of elevators, so I never take the elevator if I don't have to. But I love walking up and down those stairs. They're narrow. They're beautiful. And now we have another story there. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, just the, the whole courthouse in general, I can't tell you how much of an honor it was to go into an active courthouse and be able to investigate it. I mean, this has been the coolest thing we've ever done, you know, in our, our paranormal adventures, you know, like going out there. I mean, that was just, that was amazing. And um, meeting everybody, having real deputies along there and like people that are non-believers going along with us and experiencing all of this, it was, it was fantastic. I have to ask you, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, earlier you said you've done this for 13 years. Mm -hmm. What do you say to your detractors? I love it. Uh, I think that's the approach that everybody should have is let's try to explain this before we just pull the paranormal card. Um, So I like non-believers and, you know, I have places where like I've done this enough. I mean, it's a hard thing to think about. Like when you first experience something that you cannot explain it turns everything in your brain and it's a little bit scary to try to comprehend. So, I mean, I love people that are skeptical and I would invite you to come along. And those are the people I love to investigate with. That's fantastic. You might have some takers after this, um, this show. Uh, tell us one thing that we don't know about your job. What is a, a surprise that we might learn about what you do? Absolutely nothing, <laughs> nothing. Um, you know, it's like, I, I, Again, like I don't really like to call myself a paranormal investigator. I love the history and diving into history. And Nevada is so rich in the coolest history ever. I mean, the wild, wild west and some of the stories that come out of it. Um, I just kind of like to think of ourselves, if I can call myself a historian with a twist. Nice. Before we let you go, this episode we're talking about today is going to air at the end of January. Any place that you can uh, you know, let us know that you're looking at in the future? We are going all over the place. Yeah, so we we're heading down to Vegas, and we're actually going to be heading out to Catalina Island to do the, uh, the big casino out there. So we have some really cool locations. We're looking forward to being back uh, January 31st, kind of 
pleased to announce that Paranormal NV will be the first synchronized ghost show on network TV. So Oregon, Idaho, Washington, we're coming for you. Oh, good to know. I'll let my family in Oregon know to, to tune in. Sounds like so much fun. And I, I can't thank you enough, Ted. Ted Moore, Paranormal Nevada, for joining us today. Um, what a great conversation. And we really look forward to seeing this episode. And we appreciate you spending time with us on Washoe Life. Do you have any ideas for guests on Washoe Life, specifically people you know in Washoe County who are changing our lives for the better? Well, we want to tell their stories. So email show ideas to washoe311 at washoecounty.gov. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. So with that, goodbye, Washoe County. I'm Bethany Drysdale signing off. And I'm Nancy Lewinhagen. 